Today we celebrate all of the saints in heaven. There is a few, a couple of different dynamics to this. Well, there's many dynamics, but a couple to begin with. The first is we honor all of those who are canonized saints. The canonized saints would be the 10,000 saints. These are people who lived on earth, who lived heroically holy lives. So they might have been very public in their life, and they might have had a fairly hidden life, but in either case, they were heroically holy. So you could have a very public person like a pope or an apostle sort of thing, or you could have a private person like a housewife who suffers the stigmata in her bed eating nothing but the Eucharist for years, all right? And one is very public, one is not, but they're both, what they have in common is this sort of above and beyond the, the holiness that would be expected of your rank and file holy person. So that would include the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Apostles, and all the other saints you can think of, the statues that you see in the church, etc. That would also include the angels, too, the billions of angels who intercede and, and help us and, and are beautiful in God's sight, and etc. And then the last group would be your relatives and the rest of heaven that would not have lived a heroically holy life on earth. They lived maybe a good life, maybe they even lived a holy life, but it wasn't heroically holy. And, um, or maybe they even led a very bad life on earth, but because of the very strange and amazing mercy of God, they made it to heaven anyway. So heaven, it's just today, all saints is everyone who's in heaven. So that would be the angels, Blessed Virgin Mary, and all of the saints that we're aware of, and then all the other people who've made it. And we're giving glory to God for that communion of saints, especially for the holy ones on earth that God worked very closely with to raise up to that very holy, heroic place. Okay, so the next feature of this is that these saints intercede for us. So whereas today we're honoring them, this is their big birthday, if you will, their big celebration of who they are in the kingdom of heaven, but it also is a reminder to us of their intercession in our lives. And that intercession is very, very important. And I want to relate some of my own personal stories on that intercession. But before I do that, I want to all get all of us to realize that it doesn't have to be like this. That God could have just simply brought them into the beatific vision of heaven and then that was it. But God, in his goodness, has deigned to allow them to intercede and remain a part of our lives here on earth. It could have been like escaping from captivity in Gaza and once you got out, you never went back. It could have been like that. But that's not how God did it. Taking all these people and all these angels into heaven with him and then allowing them to help us on earth, that's an incredible gift that God has given both to them and to us. And it's important for us to recognize that, to recognize that twofold dimension of, of the grandeur of God, the greatness of God, the goodness of God in doing that, as well as their ability to intervene. So, be aware of this, that each one of us has a guardian angel, and there is a feast of the guardian angels, it's just a memorial, at least it's not near, it's not a solemnity, today's a solemnity like a Sunday sort of thing, hence we're here on a Wednesday, 
But the guardian angels are real, and they're a part of our life, and they're assigned to each one of us, at least by our birth, if not even from the womb. But certainly by our birth, our guardian angels are assigned to us. They know us very, very well. They've been watching us our whole life. They know what we're good at and what we're bad at. They're constantly interceding, and they want so badly to get us to heaven. And since the angels outnumber us, well, two to one or even three to one, the angels of heaven outnumber us two to one. It presupposes that your guardian angel only has you and will never get another human being. We are very important to our guardian angels. They desperately want to see us make it to heaven. They'd love to see us be one of those heroic saints too, one of those true heroes of the faith, so that when we got to heaven, we would have something to offer the Lord. But they're there amongst us, not sleeping, watching, keeping vigil while we sleep, and then being with us throughout our waking time. The other are those saints of heaven, those family members of yours and mine who intercede for us from heaven. Maybe their parents or grandparents or an aunt or an uncle or great-grandparents. They might even go back even generations who are interceding for us in ways that we can't see, but in powerful and important ways. And then there's also the heroes, the canonized saints who are interceding. And they are, and they're interceding in a powerful way, very similar to our guardian angels. So I want to relate some of this to sort of get you thinking in these lines that you might seek after them too. So, with regards to our guardian angels and those saints who might be interceding for us, when they intercede for us, it's just like our prayer life in the sense that God knows what we want before we even ask Him, but God wants us to ask Him nonetheless. And it doesn't mean that God's going to give us what we want, and if God didn't give us what we want, then God didn't hear us, or that God doesn't love us or doesn't care. God very much does love us and does care, but He doesn't always give us what we want. Because then we would have remained in our diapers because we never wanted to be potty broken and we never wanted to use a knife and a fork. And so God allows us to fail all the time for our own good. But making sure that in that failure we're not lost. And here is the presence of our guardian angels and our saints that are interceding for us. When we go to our guardian angels or to our saints and we ask them for something they might actually deliver on what it was that we asked. But the one thing that they'll always deliver on is the love of God and helping us to be virtuous and holy and ever growing closer and closer to a communion with God. And so we might pray for somebody who is dying and ask God to heal them and fix them. The angel or the saint from heaven can see what would cause that person to be healed if it is God's will. And they might prompt us to do that thing. And that thing might be that we need to go to Mass every day for 30 straight days. Something like that. And they're putting that thought into our head to do that for this person. In other words, it's in the spirit realm that they operate. And the most important things are not our material position position in this world but our spiritual position in this world. And they desperately want to see that grow and grow because that's the treasure that lasts for eternal life. 
What if you knew that if you fasted for even one day on only water, no food at all other than maybe the Eucharist, for just one day, that a soul would not go to hell? I think just about everyone in this room would do it. Even if it was a total stranger, a homeless person, or a terrible criminal. Many of us, if not all of us, would do it because we could see the good of what we're doing. Our angels and our saints can see the good of what it is that they're doing. They know exactly what the reward would be if we would only cooperate with them. They desperately are involved in our lives and want us to work with them. So how do we do that? So pray your prayer to your guardian angel every day. I admit, I used to do that every day. Even when I was an absolute heathen, I would do that at night, I don't know, for some protection or something. And I don't do that prayer every day. I do it eh, every few days. Although every day I think of my guardian angel in my holy hour. I think of my guardian angel. I think of him at different times during the day. But also to ask the Lord to reveal to you, if it be his will, any saint who is interceding for you in a special way. Because some of them are interceding for you in a special way. In a uniquely special way. And again, that might be the legions of heaven who were not heroically holy on earth. Maybe your parents or godparents, grandparents, or somebody in your relation. But then also to those canonized saints, those heroes of the saints, interceding, asking God to reveal them to you. And he just might. And I say that because some have been revealed to me. And I know many other people for whom the same can be said, especially priests and religious who, down through the years, it becomes clear to them that there's a special relationship between them and a particular saint of heaven. Blessed Virgin Mary, I'm going to throw this one out. Blessed Virgin Mary is interceding in a special way for everyone here. Saint Cosmas and Damien might not be, but the Blessed Virgin Mary is for everyone who's here. She's preeminent amongst all of the saints, the greatest of all of the saints, and interceding in a powerful way for every one of us. I'd have to say that I would not be a priest without her direct intervention in both my conversion and then later to my entry into the seminary and my survival through the seminary system. was incredibly dependent upon the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Fortunately, I knew that the entire way along. When I was first going through my conversion, she was the only saint I was aware of. And I was aware of her in a powerful way because as a child, our family prayed the rosary after dinner at night, even if we didn't want to. Thank you, Dad and Mom. Thank you, Dad and Mom, for doing that. Turning off the TV, we're going to pray the rosary. You're going to get used to it, and you're going to like it. All right, very good. So I had this relationship with the Blessed Virgin Mary, and not even with her son, but she led me to her son. Hence my conversion. And then with the fiat, the yes, I will pursue the priesthood, whatever that is. Whatever that is. Was very much a Blessed Virgin Mary, again, delivering me to her son. And then in the seminary, and the seminary got ugly and tough. There was a semester where they said, we're going to kick you out at the end of the semester because we don't like you. 
And uh, I had to do amazing things that particular year to survive the seminary system. And the Blessed Virgin Mary was just flat out my wings, my safety net. Then there are the other saints. In my second or third year as a priest, <clears throat> and this is another five minutes, which I'm not going to add to the homily, it became clear to me that St. Anthony of Padua was interceding for me in a special way. I didn't even know who he was, other than he was the saint where if you lost your car keys or something was missing, you'd pray to St. Anthony to find the thing that's missing. And he invariably does. It is quite amazing how frequently that works. And I've gotten much, much better to start with him. Once I can't find something, going to him right away, as opposed to a half an hour or two hours later. Finally, when all, all options are gone, I finally pray to him. But no, that's the only way I knew him. But I would come to realize that he was interceding for me in my priesthood in a very special way. And then later, as I was reading through biographies of saints, obviously reading St. John Vianney, patron saint, a parish priest, the only parish priest who that's what he did. He didn't go on to become a bishop or a missionary somewhere else or anything else. He was ordained a parish priest. He would serve in parishes until he died, the only one of 10,000 ever canonized. All right, which is to say, you guys look upon your parish priest and think he must not be very holy. I, I know him, he's, he's not very holy. But the other was that he was exceptional. If you read the lives of the saints, you realize he was exceptional amongst the saints, just truly. But the thing with John Vianney is he and I don't have the same personality or temperament. He wouldn't be the kind of guy that I would have hung out with if, we were, if I was a priest back then. He didn't hang out with anyone anyway. Nor would I, he, I have hung out with him if he lived in the world today. And there's no way he could be a parish priest in the world today. There is no way he could make it. He could be a Trappist monk, but he couldn't be a parish priest. We're too far gone for that level of holiness. But I don't relate to him personally because we're just so different. But at the same time, I have an incredible respect and esteem for what that man could do. That by the end of his life, the Blessed Virgin Mary had told him that everyone in ours will go to heaven because of you. Everyone in your parish will go to heaven because of you. Another thing he was told by Satan if there was only three of you on earth, my power would be broken. Amazing what holiness can do. I'm not in his league, nor in the league of any of the saints. <clears throat> but I know that in a way that he intercedes for me, and that I do reach out to him frequently and ask him for his help to be a better parish priest. And the last one is Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich, which I've read her biography twice. <clears throat> And she's something else. She's something else. I'm going to just say this because it's true. The vast majority of you could never read her biography. You don't have the patience and perseverance to do it. It's very thick. It's books long. And as you read it, you, you holy cow, it's like reading the dictionary. It is a very deliberate act on your part to do it. But that girl was a world beater. Amazing living exclusively on the Eucharist for, oh, at least 10 years, 20 years. No other food. Not, she couldn't even handle water. That's medically impossible. 
and then living with the stigmata, and she could see. Oh, and she did. And I, I just came to realize the power of redemptive suffering. That when united to God willfully, mountains can be moved through your suffering, given to God. She's my fire from heaven. That girl, wow, she's something else. She's something else. Anyway, those are saints that have revealed themselves to me, is what I've discovered. I've read the lives of many saints. Throughout the liturgical calendar, I celebrate the saint of the day every day. And then plus reading just more obscure saints here and there. But those three, the Blessed Virgin Mary of four, Blessed Virgin Mary, Anthony of Padua, John Vianney, and her have all revealed themselves to me as people personally interceding in my life. There are times when something happens in your day and you wonder, where did that come from? This little thing that saved you. There are times when I have an evil thought and a book will fall off the shelf and I'll be startled and think, what was that about? And then I realize I was entertaining an evil thought. I think my guardian angel did that, one of those saints interceding for me. How many times in my life have I thought, I should have died. In that moment, I should have died. But I didn't. There was some intervention that happened beyond my field of view that saved my life. A particular one that I remember, and there's a few of them, but this one, I was driving about 60 miles an hour. I wasn't paying attention. I don't know what I was doing. I looked up and I was feet from slamming into uh, a, a, a cliff wall. I would never have, that was when I was in, on the Olympic Peninsula. I would never, you would have never have come to know me. But what was it that raised my, almost it was as if something just jerked my head up to see the wall. It was something else. It was something else. I mean, I just knew, thank you, God. I barely was able to stop and turn in time not to hit it. I I couldn't stop and turn. And those things are happening to us all the time. They're happening to you and I all the time. You're late for something and you didn't get there whatever on time. And that was because of the intervention of a loved one from heaven who saw you getting in a car wreck if you did leave on time. All kinds of things. You think this thing that we need so badly, we need this, we need that. And you're saying to your guardian angel, intervenes to make sure you don't get it. Because the lesson learned from this failure, or from not getting it, is going to do your soul so much more good than if you would have gotten it. And so they intervene to make sure it doesn't happen. Time and time again, they're intervening for us on a daily basis, on a daily basis. And yet the vast majority of the 8 million people on earth never pray to their guardian angel or to any saint of heaven. Never. And honestly, the vast majority of Catholics hardly ever do. Hardly ever do. But wouldn't it be nice if you did The communion of saints is waiting. They want so much to be a part of our lives. If only we would be a part of theirs. If we would recognize the great gift that they are in our lives. The wonder and the splendor of one day entering heaven never to leave and never to say goodbye again. To be there for the rest of eternity with your family. Not the family of your bloodline. 
but the family of heaven forever and ever and ever. And they're already pulling for us. So grab the rope. Grab the rope. Pray to God and ask God to reveal to you those saints from heaven who are interceding for you. Pray your prayer to your guardian angel every day or night. Be very conscientious about the fact that we are never alone. And that God wants us to join him one day in that communion of saints where we can turn around and do the same for others who are still left behind. 